Uh, is it on? It is. Okay, you guys saw my point. Sorry. <laughs> You'll have to forgive me. I'm trying to get over an illness right now. So if I like end up like coughing and just <clears throat> like during the sermon, like that's on me. But yeah. Well, good morning, everyone. Or I should say in the, the famous words of Ron Hammer. Good morning, everybody. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Grant Lee, and uh, like everyone else who has been putting on this amazing, amazing team-led service, I'm part of the amazing team ministry here in Santa Clarita. And today, I get the honor and privilege of preaching the word. So today's lesson will be obviously focusing around our theme of Endgame, and it's actually going to be split up into two parts. I'll be preaching the first half, and our very own Seth Nasser will be preaching the second half. And uh, yeah, so that's going to be the lesson. So let's jump straight into it. So my first and only point is prepare for your endgame. Now, initially after hearing that, I'm sure you guys are kind of thinking this way. You're like, dang, is, is Grant telling me to like prepare to die? Like... I'm not ready for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, I know as, with a title so da- <coughs> so daunting as, as Endgame, you may think that initially where you're thinking that, oh, my gosh, Grant is literally telling me to prepare to die. That's, that's not what I mean. No, what I mean is when I say prepare for your Endgame, I mean preparing for, like, an ultimate goal. You see, kind of like the Avengers. The Avengers, in their latest movie, uh, they were preparing for, like, a final battle, if you will. So, in a similar way, we should be preparing for a spiritual endgame. Let's go ahead and take a look at our first scripture in 1 Corinthians to see what God has to say about such things. So, if you guys can turn your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. And give me, a, give me an Avengers Assemble when you get there. <laughs> Thanks, Caesar. Alrighty, so the scripture reads, starting in verse 24, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for this prize. Now, God makes it pretty clear within this scripture uh, what this spiritual endgame is supposed to look like. He says it's kind of like a race, uh, a race where we're running to get a prize that will last forever. But also, within this scripture, he also references how, at times, people could be running a race where we're not running for something like uh, an eternal prize, where we're running for something temporary, like uh, a medal or a trophy. In a similar way, the world can kind of tell us to run and chase after worldly prizes, whether that's running after a job, running after more money, running after a relationship, whatever it is, the world can constantly put pressure on us to set up an ultimate goal for ourselves that is ultimately skewed in comparison to that of God's. 
Now, in a way, brace yourselves, this is kind of parallel to my favorite Avenger, Iron Man. Iron Man, a.k.a. Tony Stark, seemed to like, seemed to have his life in order. It seemed like he was, he was, he had life made. He was a, a billionaire. He was a genius. He graduated MIT at 17 years old. And he was making a bunch of money. He was spearheading the world of new military technologies while making mad bank off of it. $520 million for one missile. That's pretty crazy. His ultimate goal, like many of us can be pressured to do by the world, was to chase after and earn a lot of money, live life as happily as possible, and then die one day. That was it. He had no greater purpose. That was until he became Iron Man. Tony Stark's journey to become Iron Man was where he found himself... Oh, sorry. My bad. That's him living lavishly. Tony Stark's life... Uh, his journey to become Iron Man was where he found himself in captivity for three months, held up by terrorists. And during that time, he realized that all those sports cars that he bought, all the women that he had been with, all of the money that he had earned, literally had no value to him and no purpose to him when he was faced with the uncertainty of life, whether or not he was going to make it out alive. But once he created that suit of armor and escaped, he realized that there was a greater purpose for him. There was a greater calling for him. As he famously said, he said, I shouldn't be alive unless it was for a reason. I'm not crazy. I just finally know what I have to do. And I know in my heart that it's right. The emptiness that Tony felt is something that we can feel if we don't have our eyes fixed on that ultimate goal that God has set out for us. Now, I know I've been talking a lot about this ultimate goal that God has set out for us. And you're just kind of like, you know, well, what is that ultimate goal? What is that prize? Some of you are a little bit intrigued. Some of you already know what it is. But we're going to go ahead and take a look at, <coughs> excuse me, the second scripture, which is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So if you guys can turn your Bibles with me over to the second scripture, we'll go ahead and take a look at it. All right. I'm going to flip my Bible over there. Give me a second. Okay, so in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, it reads, For we know that if the earthly tent that we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So, the prize, the end game that God has told us to prepare for is a heavenly dwelling with him, where we will spend the rest of eternity with him. I don't know about you guys, but that sounds pretty good. It says that it's something that we will constantly desire once we have our eyes fixed on it. Something that we want to be in every day. And in a similar way, to Tony Stark in captivity, we long to be free, to have a greater meaning. Yet we're also burdened by the things that the world tells us to chase after. 
You know, it says in verse 1 that the earthly tent we build up is bound to be destroyed. So that car that we all want to get, whether it's that, you know, uh, Audi came out with a brand new, like, sports electric car. It's pretty awesome. But, like, you know, that, that car that you toil so hard to get could be wrecked the next day. Or that house in Malibu that you know that if you buy it, oh, man, if I just had that house, I'd be so happy. My life would be made. The view would be great. That house could also be taken away from you by a natural disaster, whether it's a tornado. We don't get those hurricanes. We don't really get those. But still, whatever it is, it could still be taken away from you. But God promises us something greater if we fix our eyes on him. So much so that in the end, we'll be longing to reach that goal. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the word longing, it, 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 it represents a huge desire for something. Like for me, I don't just want Taco Bell. You know, I'm, I'm just like, I don't want Taco Bell. Like I just, I, I long for Taco Bell, you know? Like as long as my stomach agrees with me, I long for Taco Bell. But anyways, not only does God promise that this goal will give us a passion and desire to be with him. But we also see that God explicitly states in verse 5 that he made us for this purpose. That this is the purpose of our very existence. So for those of you who are pondering that thought, what is the meaning of life? What could it be? This is it. It's written right here. The purpose of life is to have a relationship with God and to spend the rest of eternity with him. This is the end game. To have a relationship with him. So, if you are spending your life, if we are spending our lives, and when I say spending, I mean kind of like in a literal sense where you're spending money, trading something for something else. If we are trading our lives in the pursuit of something that is even remotely less than that relationship with God, with something less than that eternity with him, we are failing the very reason that we are created. But when we spend our life in pursuit for this eternal purpose that God calls us to do, he gives us a hope that can never be taken away. By the grace and unconditional love of God, we find ourselves able to crawl out of our cave like Tony Stark. Crawl out of that cave and escape. And not only that, but we gain our own superpowers. Our superpowers, our our own Iron Man suit. God gives us our own Iron Man suit. And like the scripture in 2 Corinthians says, God gives us a deposit through that spirit. That spirit is our superpower. That spirit is our Iron Man suit. There's a lot of different scriptures that will highlight the things that God gives us to prepare ourselves. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you a couple of them. We gain these superpowers from God. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17, it talks about the armor of God. And what's so awesome about this is that God provides us a way where we can go on the offense with the sword of the spirit, yet protect ourselves from the things that the world throws at us with the shield of faith. Galatians chapter 5, verses 23 through 26, talks about the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit blossoms as we grow. It gives us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and self-control. And finally, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Because when I say eternal peace, I literally mean eternal peace. 
The scripture talks about how we literally don't need to worry. The caption on it, like you see on Instagram, there's like captions and stuff. The caption on it is do not worry. Because God provides us eternal peace. If we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all of these things will be given to us. So these are the superpowers that God gives us. And these powers are a lot more powerful than you think. I know for myself, God really built me up through my journey in high school. Uh, before entering high school, uh, I wasn't really preparing for God's endgame. I was preparing more for my own. I was focused on living like Tony Stark. I actually was living like Tony Stark. I had a house in Malibu. I was a billionaire. Uh, I was super smart. Uh, had a private weapons company and everything. I'm kidding. No. I, I had my life set on living a life like Tony Stark. I wanted that. You know, ever since the sixth grade, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I was going to go to high school. I was going to graduate. I was going to go to either UCLA or UC Berkeley. Study computer science and engineering there, get a degree, move over to Malibu, start a tech company, and then after that, start making Mad Bank, and spend that Mad Bank on two awesome cars, the Audi R8 and the McLaren P1. He's going to buy a beach house in Malibu, marry a beautiful woman, start a family, and brace yourselves, die one day. That's it. That's all I had myself planned out for. So everything that I was doing was to build up to, to get all of that stuff. But close... But close to the beginning of my freshman year in high school, um, it was over the summer, I, I had learned that a classmate of mine who I, who I talked to on a frequent basis at school, um, we weren't super close, but whenever we saw each other on campus, which was actually really often, uh, we, we talk a lot, um, he, he actually passed away in a car accident. He, he sat right next to me in homeroom for the entire year. And it, it was tough, because... You know, one day he was there, and then the next day he wasn't. And I thought he was absent, but he wasn't coming back. You know, that hit me hard, because it, it made me realize that, you know, he's, he was a kid like me, too. He had all these dreams. He, he knew what he wanted to do. He was going to play sports in high school. He told me all about that. He was like, yeah, man, I'm going to play football. It's going to be great. And I was really excited for him and for his dreams, too. But he never got to live those out. And the night that it happened, it was hard for me to fall asleep because his face kept popping up in my head. So I stayed up a lot, like pretty much for the remainder of the night, and it made me, a 14-year-old kid, ponder big questions of life. Like, what is the purpose of life? You know, what, what, what would happen to me if I were gone? Where would I go if I were gone? What would I leave behind? And I realized that despite being only a 14-year-old kid with seeming to have his whole life ahead of him, nothing was guaranteed. And none of those dreams that I had set out for myself was guaranteed either. That's when it occurred to me that God had a greater purpose. <laughs> Excuse me. And of course, with the help of my parents, who are now the elders of the Santa Clarita region, and the help of my sister, who's currently helping out the TV ministry, and the very team ministry that's putting on this service now, I was able to make the decision to become a disciple of Jesus Christ and set myself for that end game that God so desperately told me to go towards. And these superpowers, and these superpowers have helped me along the way too. The armor of God that I talked about and the fruit of the Spirit have protected me against the temptations to return to a lifestyle where I wasn't focused on God. 
And even this year during college application season, I know a lot of the seniors feel this, and I'm sure the graduated you know, college students also feel this as well. But during that tense moment where you're trying to figure out where you want to go to school, it's a big decision in your life. I was at complete peace knowing that God would put me exactly where I needed to go. So, whether you are pondering that thought of what is the purpose of life, or you've already committed to your, you've already committed your life to preparing for God's end game, God has created in us a hope that will last forever. Because remember, God loves us 3,000. That's why he gives us an end game that is worth preparing for. At this time, I'd like to call up Seth Nasser, who will be preaching the second half. That was cool. That was cool. Uh, thank you, Grant. Let me give him another hand. That was great. <laughs> uh, good morning, everybody. Ron. <laughs> uh, my name is Seth Nasser, and uh, just as Grant mentioned, we have this incredible power. Oh, I have to use this. We have this incredible power from having this new end game. Just, just from this new end game from God, we can use these superpowers that Grant mentioned and affect the people around us. And, and, and based on the way that we talk, the way that we carry ourselves, we can impact the people around us and have them chase that end game too. And even, at, even here at church, I just knocked over water. Even here at church, <laughs> all right, even here at church, it's easy to, to be like, I'm so motivated. This lesson was fantastic. And then when you leave the doors and go home, you're like, how do I apply this? How do I fit this into my life? How do I make this a daily routine? So that's something I want to help you guys out with today. How do I take this motivation? And Okay, in my day-to-day life, how do, I, how do I work on, okay, living out my end game? So that's the title of my lesson is Live for Your End Game. <laughs> um, we're going to be focusing on the practicals and whether you're around your family, at job, at job, whether <laughs> you're, at, you're with your family, uh, at your work, um, with your friends, like, okay, what am I supposed to do? So that's what we're going to be focusing on today. Um, so... Thank you. So, so we can go ahead and turn over uh, to Luke 9. Uh, we're going to be reading in verses 23 to 26. I'll put the verses up here, too. Um, but, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> all right, I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, the Bible reads, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. So the scriptures make it clear that the call for everyone who, who wants to live this end game is to carry their cross. Is every single day to carry their cross and live like Jesus did. Doesn't really make sense yet, but you guys will, you will understand. <laughs> um, so when I first thought about studying the Bible, I was, I was about to join the teens, and I, I, I had seen these people around me, people on campus, people in the teens who started studying the Bible, and their lives were being changed. I was like, what the heck? I want to I be a part of this. And I, I was a little bit hesitant because I didn't know what I was getting into. But, but at this time, we actually had a teen camp, the teen camp that Kyla mentioned. 
Um, and I had gone there, where, and at team camp, we would have this week, right? We, we would have amazing lessons every single day. We had fellowship, and we had these awesome games. It was really sick. Um, but when I came back from this, I was like, oh, okay, now I know. Now I know what I want to do. And I, I put myself partially into my studies. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, if I want to study the Bible, I'm going to have to leave behind this old mindset, this mindset of, I kind of want to chase wealth. I kind of want to chase success, all these different things. So after a few weeks of studying the Bible, my motivation kind of died down because I felt drawn to these things that were in the world. And at this time at school, I'd been I'd begun to get closer with one of my friends who was really well known. Um, He was known as the kid who had everything. You know, he was an actor. He was in TV shows, uh, Geico commercials. That's where it ties in. Um, And then (laughs) and he was in all these TV shows. He had so much money. And I remember people viewing him and even me like viewing him like, wow, that guy has everything. I want to be like him because he has what I want. Like that lifestyle is the lifestyle that I want. And I remember we were both in ASB together, and, and we had this, this school dance. And after the school dance, we had we cleaned everything up. We went outside, and we're, we had this deep conversation about life. And I remember asking him, like, dude, what the heck? Like, you have such a cool life. Like, what is that like? To go to all these parties in, like, Hollywood every night and, like, to do all these crazy things, it must be amazing. And I remember him vividly telling me, honestly, out of everyone at this school, I can confidently say that my life is the most sad and depressing And I, I told him, like, what? That doesn't make any sense. You're in a Geico commercial. You get 15% or more off on car insurance. Like, all the, that's so sick. It must, must be great. But I remember him telling me, like, what's the point if I have no purpose? You know, if we look back in Luke, in verse 29, it says, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? And my friend had told me that this success and this fame and this wealth didn't matter because he had no purpose. He had nothing he was chasing after, nothing he was living for. So after that conversation, I realized the things that are in the world, these things that he was chasing and the things that I wanted, they don't matter if you have no purpose. So, so I started pouring myself into my studies. And, and there's a parable in Matthew about this guy who found this treasure on a piece of land. And then he went home, sold everything he had to go buy the land because there's treasure on it. I mean, what? Um, but I, I had that same motivation. I had that same mindset when I was approaching my studies, and I poured myself into my studies, and a few months later, I made the decision to become a disciple. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go to the next scripture. Uh, you guys don't have to turn there, but in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 through 20, the Bible reads, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore on you Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This is our end game. So when I think of, 
when I think of an Avenger whose, whose life, whose, whose objective of, of, of being an ambassador for Christ, but also having these superpowers that Grant mentioned, I think T'Challa. I mean, after consuming this heart-shaped herb found in Wakanda, uh, he gained superhuman strength, speed, agility, like all these other things. It's crazy. But at the same time, he's an ambassador for Wakanda. When people see him, they're like, that guy's pretty cool. Like that guy, like if you were to hang out with T'Challa, you'd be like, dang, Wakanda must be pretty sick. If there's other guys like him in Wakanda, I don't want to go there. So in the same way, I feel like we, we, we have that same impact on the people around us. When people hang out with us, they should think, wow, this person's, this person's church is amazing. Like if they're this cool, they're this honest, if they're this kind, the people there at their church, if they're the same, I want to go there. Um, but, but whether we're at our jobs, at school, with our family, we need to carry ourselves in a way that is representative of, of our church and of, and of God's kingdom. But just like T'Challa, we need, to get our, we need to get our strength from somewhere, right? I mean, we don't have a heart-shaped herb, unfortunately. That would be really cool. Uh, but, but what we have is the Bible. We can go to the Bible and through that see how Jesus lived and, and take that and use that and apply it to our lives. <laughs> um, but in T'Challa's speech, when he talks, people will say, wow, like, that guy is from, like, that guy's a cool guy. You know, like, this, this person, the way that he talks, he represents his country. And in the same way, the way that we talk, we need to represent God and God's kingdom. So I want you to think about these things. Okay, in, in my work at school, when I'm with my friends or family, is the way that I'm talking representative of God's kingdom? In your conduct, are you blameless as an ambassador should be? Are you honest with the people around us? Think about these things. I mean, in your faith, do you trust God's plan? Do people know that you're confident in God? By coming in contact with you, would someone change the way that they view Jesus? I, I think that those are great things to think about because it gets you thinking, okay, how can I change the way that I act so that people would want to come to my church? So if someone, someone was hanging out with you and they were like, okay, wow, like I, I don't care about church at all, that they would walk away and be like, you know what? I might give church a second chance because of this guy, because, because of this girl, because there's people around me. This person is a, is a friend of mine. And you ask them, why, why would you go to church if you, don't, if you said you don't like God? Well, because this person is real. This person is honest. This person um, is, is confident in God. And, and so what I charge you guys to do is, is to focus on this end game and, and be ambassadors for Christ in whatever we do. Because we're a new creation. Our old mindset is gone. We can't switch back and forth between living you know, for all this money and wealth and then switch like the Hulk. All right? we're, not, we're not Bruce Banner where we just, okay, I'm going to start you know, living like, like a disciple shirt or living like you, know, you, you should if you're living for this end game. And then when you walk out the door, it's like, okay, I'm going to get this money. I'm going to get this bag. Like, no. All right? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, just because we leave those doors doesn't mean we forget about our purpose. Um, and because we're, these, we're, because we're this new creation, we need to, to leave our old ways of thinking and our pattern of life needs to conform to the pattern of life that Jesus lived. Not the pattern of the people around us, not the pattern that everyone chases, but the pattern of Jesus with this new endgame. And now that we have these superpowers that Grant mentioned, we need to be focused only on this endgame and, and living after what God wants us to go after. And, and, and you're like, okay, why? Like, why, why do this? Well, ultimately, this is for God. Because God is the ultimate avenger. He is the God who avenges me. Thank you.